0: Off the ball.
1: GAA. Most of the disappointment is coming from the players' side of view. They're on a hell of a journey. suppose as well as that's life football. Things happen and look, they've obviously seen an opportunity with Derry and took the jobs. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The F1 pod on Off the Ball with Chicago Town Pizza. Formula One? Yeah, we go to town on it. Okay, you're very welcome back to the F1 pod on Off The Ball. It's episode 11. We are tipping through them weekly between now and the end of the season. After race weekends, of course, live on Wednesdays after race weekends. As I said, in the F1 pod podcast feed and the Off The Ball daily podcast feed as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The F1 pod on Off The Ball brought to you by Chicago Town Pizza. Real takeout taste for less with Chicago Town. Keep your questions coming in as per usual every week. Delighted to welcome back Bernie Collins, the F1 pundit and former head of race strategy for the Aston Martin Formula One team, and a very special guest for this week's episode. We have Connor Murr, a.k.a. Connor Sketches. Bernie and Connor, how are things?
0: Good, thank you.
1: I'm very well.
2: I was disappointed you didn't introduce me as a Formula One expert, but whatever. Of course, <laughs> I should have. I, I, I,
1: I watched I really... every episode of Drive to Survive. <laughs> Same as myself. We were all basically couch experts. Is, like, is that how you're... Is that how your interest kind of was reignited in, in Formula 1 or were you a fan before then or, or what's your F1 fan uh, story? I, when,
2: I, when I was a kid I was a fan but when I was a kid like you had Eddie Jordan Irvine um, and then but like like a lot of people like it just dissipated then or something like in the early noughties like the interest around it wasn't really on the TV anymore or something it just it just went away and uh it was during COVID then, I was in the War Memorial Gardens drinking some cans because you couldn't drink inside pubs or whatever. And all my wife's friends were talking about the Grand Prix. And I was a bit like, this piqued my interest. I was like, "Why? who talks about the Grand Prix? And like, what are you all talking about the Grand Prix for? And they were like, oh, you're not watching Drive to Survive? No. And I was like, what's Drive to Survive? And that evening I watched three episodes and the rest is history. <laughs> I became...
1: It. An, an addict <laughs> properly back into it like Bernie you'd be you'd be uh, more than familiar with Connor and his work, no doubt
0: yeah, I'm actually very nervous about this episode of um, <laughs> <laughs> our <whole
1: podcast. laughs> I was watching
2: I was just watching some stuff in it this morning there and I was like, oh, I could easily do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you think you'd have a bernie a Bernie in your in your locker Connor I think yeah. If I if you gave if you gave me, I definitely like a lot of people are like, oh, can you do this person and do that person and I'll oh, do it now or whatever. And I'm like, it takes me quite a while like to get somebody, but like <laughs> uh, I, like it ta- it could take me three or four weeks or something. I'd have to listen to someone every day to get them. But um, it's like at the minute like Alonzo has taking me forever to kind of nail him down. Charles <laughs> Leclerc is another one that I struggle with. But uh, yeah, it's a, a t- but I definitely think there's there's definitely plenty to to go on there with Bernie. You'd see me <laughs> on Sky Sports doing it one day. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be more conscious. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Please be nice.
2: Oh, I'm always nice. I'm always nice. That's it, what uh, who was it that said that to me recently? Um, um, oh Nico Rosberg, yeah. When I met him at Monaco, it was like, uh, so the guys were like, you know the guy, I was standing right beside him, you know the guy that does the voice. He's like, Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and he says, Yeah, you know him, yeah. And like he was staring right at me. He was like, Yeah. And then the, lad, the guys were like, oh, "That's him." And he's like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that's you." And then I, said to him, yeah, I'm working on you at the minute, and he's like, "So what's the angle?" He was pretty much like,
1: be nice." I was like, "All right, yeah." I think it's pressure, like because you're once you're once you realize you're going to meet these people in person, then you're like, "Well, maybe you have to be maybe you have to be conscious of what I'm saying," but then I guess that's not the point. Yeah, pretty much. You kind of have to be. Sorry.
2: Someone's after coming into my house there. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Terrifying. Hope you're all right.
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm building a house here at the minute. So there's a few construction workers out there. Uh, Lovely. Hard to beat it. I I think it's a perfect week to have you on, kind of given um, what a weekend it was for for Carlos Sainz. I mean, must be absolutely buzzing.
2: Oh, incredible. Carlos, very, very happy after that, you know. Um, It was brilliant. I'm delighted for him. Like, and he did great. Like, he's since the break, he's come back and he's been amazing. Like, he's obviously been the he's he's finished ahead of charles the last three races and yeah i just think like he's really shown like a lot of great form in that car and i think like thankfully he's made it somewhat interesting and it wasn't a clean sweep for red bull mm. and how he drove at the weekend was incredible too like you know and how like my favorite part of the race was uh, okay lando is uh, you know within a second of you he's in DRS restaurant. i know i didn't on purpose <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's just he, he, he's one of those uh, he's one of those characters in the sport that that we all kind of love and and it's hard to dislike Carlos Sainz and Bernie I think
0: yeah definitely and like Connor said they're what an intelligent race from start to finish he really controlled it all weekend actually he looked in control of that car really put together all of the lap times are coming smooth he wasn't like arguing with it which you've seen the Ferrari guys do in recent races they've just been really struggling from start to finish it just looked really smooth. Um, and the intelligence through that race you know the first stint backing everyone up then opening the gap for the safety car the last stint like Connor said trying to get the DRS and Norris I actually said in, in commentary to one of the guys I think he's trying to hold on to the DRS I'm so like no that would be a ridiculous thing to do and then like sure enough so it was just one of those he just seemed to have it he just seemed under control the whole weekend and, and you know was close at the end very close to not getting away with it but Matt just managed to, to get it home
1: is it one of the crazier race weekends, Bernie? I was following your your uh, exploits on Instagram. It seemed like it was nightclubs, searches for monkeys, <laughs> cable cars. You were, you were busy.
0: <laughs> I think you say exploits on Instagram. Makes it worse than it
1: sounds. Like. Sorry, of course. But, yeah. um,
0: like For us, Jesus, I can't deal with the heat. It's so hot and humid. And it's real, like, you really get a feel for how difficult it is for the guys in the car. Like, all of us are struggling in the pitley and paddock. It is a bit weird. It's one of those ones where, you know, you travel 14 hours, 15 hours on a flight, but you're trying to keep on the UK time zones. You're getting up at 12 or 1. You're going in for 2 p.m. You're having breakfast at 1 p.m. or something. So it's a real odd time zone. And then you're trying to, you know, why it seems so such exploits, like you say, is you're trying to stay awake to sort of 4 or 5 in order to be on the right thing for getting up at, midday early afternoon again so it feels somehow when you're working it like you've got more hours than you do in a normal race weekend because you're trying to get back from what can do this staying up and but it is just it's just odd in that way um and then yeah because I'm going on to Japan I'm in Japan now and um, I had a few days off post Singapore in Singapore to try and get myself onto an actual time zone
1: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a tough uh, tough one in the body I'd imagine to kind of Know where you are, what time you're supposed to be going to sleep, and all the rest. Have your um, F one Grand Prix, uh, I guess, exploits again. Connor been been busy this year. Have you managed to get over to to any race weekends? Oh, just the one, Monaco. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> must be tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. No,
2: I'm hoping to get to Vegas. And I was uh, did Monaco. Um, they're incredible weekends. To be fair, like how they put them together and stuff. Like obviously, my first one was in Austin last year, and. Uh, I, like, I was like nearly, I don't know, I was nearly emotional even. I was like, that was incredible. <laughs> like, literally, if you go to one, you are hooked. And I was delighted. Like, even when you watch it on TV, and to be fair, on TV, it's it's amazing to watch. And they make it so interesting. But when you're at the track, sometimes when you see an overtake on TV, before I was at a Grand Prix, I was very much like, you know, uh, Crofty's like, and oh, he's got take tag. And you're a bit like, was it was it that crazy? Like, you are know, whatever you're watching on TV, and then when you're there, and you see like an overtake at that speed, you're like, well, it is crazy and how the crowd like just erupt and stuff. But, um, uh, for me, like I, I, I am absolutely, I love it. Like I really love it. And like a lot of people, like I get asked to do, um, different games. And even in America, I've been asked to do different sports, like, and I just never went into them. Um, because if I'm not interested in the sport, like I can't do what I would like to think is a good job of the sport. So I have to, cause like, Sundays for me, for instance, like it's like there's soccer on, there's F1 on, there's golf on. So like I have to like them to be able to spend my entire Sunday sitting on the couch. God, God help me sitting on the couch watching sports, but going to it like just done me the world of good. Like and even like what Bernie was saying there about like I find every race interesting as well. And I can see like sometimes the likes of yourself or even Martin and stuff when you're on TV, you are explaining it to people because you do realize there are people out there that are from the drive to survive generation. Like there's a huge amount of them that don't understand exactly. Like when I heard that Lando was in the DRS zone, I was like, oh no. Cause I was, I had that idea for the video in my head, like from about 20 laps out. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be deadly. And just Instead of the Spanish anthem, I'm just going to have smooth operator. (laughs) I was standing up on the TV, like roaring it on for Carlos. But then I was like, oh my God, he's in the DRS zone. And then, after you were like, you know, explaining it and stuff, I'm like, oh my god, that is genius. So he had a minute, but just in it back far enough that he couldn't punish him. And yeah, I just, I absolutely love it. And going to Monaco and going to Austin, like um, for me, just as a sports fan, like
1: to go to these is just incredible. Like so, yeah, love it. Was that that must have been a bit of a pinch me moment? Even Austin last year, where you know you're you're there. I guess as guests of the organisers, and you know you've gone from I guess doing you know videos on your mobile phone to all of a sudden being at a Grand Prix, and and everyone probably recognises you at it because you've you've put up all these videos. It must have been a strange one. Oh, Monaco was like it was wow. Uh, we came out with a hotel, and I think I was
2: staying in the same hotel as some of the drivers. Like so, when I came out, like these people ran at me. My wife was like, <laughs> like this doesn't happen ever and these all these kids ran over and like it took me every morning about 10 minutes to get out of the hotel where you took pictures and you were there and you were like signing tops and hats and and even when I was driving to the the racetrack as I was coming in in the car people were banging on the window like pointing at me and stuff like this is the craziest thing ever and then when I was going to Monaco we were over in Nice and I said to my wife I was like let's go over Saturday Because like, it'll be a bit mad or whatever, you know what I mean? Same crack as Austin. Went to Monaco. I'd say about four people come up to me all weekend. (laughs) (laughs) It was a completely different vibe in Monaco. You could see like, in Monaco, to be fair, I don't know if there's... Like, when I was at Austin, it was all about the race. Everything was about the race. And when I was at Monaco, I felt everything was like, oh, there's Neymar. Oh, there's Tom Holland. It was a bit more like you were at the Oscars or something. It wasn't... the race
1: was kind of something that was happening in the background or something. Yeah. (laughs) That takes time, I'd say even Bernie, like to get used to when you see the, because it's one of those sports that has become so mainstream. Like there's no other sport where you see so many celebrities on the, you know, the pit lane and, 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 and the grid before, before a race starts. It's a bit crazy.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and like I'm glad. I was going to ask Connor a question. I was going to ask if he brought his wife along, given that she got him into it. But I'm glad to hear that he did. So that's
1: positive. <laughs> wife. <But, laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say two wives, there, Connor. So good. That she, <laughs> was.
2: she. When we watched, when we got to the third episode of uh, Drive to Survive, I think it went to Monaco, Monaco, Monte Carlo. Yeah, and she just looked at me and she went, "If you go there, I'm going there." She's from Donegal. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you go there, I'm going there with you. So, she's actually been to me. She's been with me twice to the two Grand Prix at Manat. and the next one I'm going to as well. She's she's booked in. The great thing for her is that she's finally interested in a sport that I do. The rest of them, she couldn't care.
0: Yeah. I just, the thing for me is like, you get to the grid and you see people on the grid and you get that someone's importance coming or in the paddock or whatever, because that person will be coming with a bit of an entourage. And like Connor has people running up trying to get photos or signatures or whatever. Nine times out of ten, I don't know who that person is. <laughs> and then that person walks past me and I have to say to someone, who is that? And then it's like someone that I know we should recognise. But I think because you're so into, you know, unlike Connor, so into the one sport and I don't really sit at home and watch the other sports. I don't watch the football or whatever it might be. Unless it's like a, mu- a musician that I know, then it's just lost on me or in some, like someone will tell me and then I'll have forgotten by the next week. So I'm just sort of like, Head in the clouds, bumping into people, not really realizing what's
1: going on. <laughs> you sound like Martin Brundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that. basically, same thing. It, it, it's funny because, like, I'd say you were licking your lips, watching Drive to Survive, Connor, because you see someone like Günther Steiner, Toto Wolff, uh, Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricardo. Like, they, there's, they're all. I don't. know, Maybe it's, it's the same in other sports, but they're all so expressive and, uh, like I'd imagine people that you're just dying to impersonate. Oh, big time. Um, like actually for next year, I actually
2: want to try and do a video at the start of the year where I attempt to do all 20 drivers, like just right. to give, it'll take ages. Like I kind of need to start on it, like maybe in November or something. But um, that was the big thing for me as well. When I was watching that, I was like, oh my God, this is easy because in other sports, they don't really say much. um, They don't give away much. While in Formula One, you are obligated to get out of the car You're still sweating and everything. You wipe yourself down and, you know, you're pretty much over into the media pen, you know, fairly soon after that. So whatever emotion, like look at George at the weekend, like he's crying. He's literally, you know, you can see, or he's after wiping away the tears, like he's so upset. While if you got George an hour later, if he went to a dressing room and he came out, like he's he's going to, he's more composed. So that for me is just huge with Formula One. And then Drive Vive gave me like, the characters, like, you know, as in you're watching Daniel, like Daniel Ricardo, like he ha- he's just so, so big, like he's probably, you know, he's up there with the biggest drivers in the world. And a lot of it is to do with his personality and how likable he is. And, you know, the big smile like that, you know, <laughs> 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 it was one of the first. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I just love it. I call so small, it, but you know, he was one of the first. And Carlos was easy. Like I remember, look, I literally that's the line. I looked at my wife. I was like, we we're sitting on the couch. I was like, my name is Carlos Sainz. I'm a driver with Ferrari. <laughs> and she was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. So I was like, I knew I had him. But <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, it just it just gave me an insight into who they are as people, which makes it easier for you to write funny stuff around them because it's like in golf, I find it pretty hard to live stuff this year was good. And obviously Netflix tried to do the same thing with the golf, mm. but unfortunately like golf is harder to kind of follow. It goes on for so much longer and they spend five hours playing golf. And of that five hours, maybe over four of those hours are walking. Mm. You know, So like if you like one episode was on a guy called Joel Damon, but we haven't really seen him playing golf at all this year. Cause he's not been in contention, but like in drive to survive, everybody is in contention for something. Whether, you know, it's the Hass lads trying to score points. It's like, I don't know, was it like Jeddah, one of those races? I remember after it, like Williams scored a point and it was like they celebrated like they won the Grand Prix. And that's what I think is amazing about Formula One. Like some people come on and they go, what a boring race for Stappen won it again. It's like, well, depending on what you're watching, yeah, it's boring. If you're just watching to see who won the race, it's boring. But if you're looking at like, a battle between Alonso and Lewis and like that, like it does matter if Mercedes beat Ferrari or Ferrari beat Mercedes and stuff like that. Like there's so much more to play for and so much more going on, I think in Formula One, which makes it for me, like at the minute it's the one I enjoy most.
1: It's, it's posture as well. It's it's like, even when from some of your videos, like you had the Lewis Hamilton jewelry and like even the Kemi Raikkonen one where he's just sitting down in the seat and the, the posture, is so uh, I guess the posture of a man who doesn't want to talk and hates interviews, really. Yeah, and you not know, that's incredible to be here, you know, on this
2: podcast, whatever your name is. <laughs> he's, I actually met a guy at the weekend, I was doing a golf gig, and he's mates with a few of the drivers. He's like, uh, I met Kimmy, yeah, he thinks you're a c- see you next Tuesday, <laughs> does he really? Well, I don't know, I doubt he thinks of it, like maybe he said it for a joke, so I don't know, but uh. Yeah. Yeah, there's like, uh, he's, it's weird. I do transplant some characters like from one sport to another. And I'm like, oh, he's like that. He's like that. And then Francesco Molinari, the golfer that I was doing for so long, uh, who just has that like bland expression on his face, who just doesn't really, like he has no expressions and he just kind of says stuff like, yeah, really excited to be out there. I was like, well, there's Kimmy, Like, so sometimes a bit of the work I've done over the last couple of years, like just you know, helps in sort of formulating characters. I was actually, I, I actually I'm literally at the minute doing like a little radio um, green screen background thing where I'm going to have Radio Kimmy. <laughs> and, uh, it's going to be like his own podcast where people are just calling in. And I thought it'd be deadly if I had, I'm I maybe thinking about putting Will Buxton with him. So you've one of them like that is just like, you know, nearly climaxing talking about F1 and the other. fellas <laughs> like, you know, this, uh, this wasn't shit, wasn't it? That's was the greatest place I've ever seen, isn't it? <laughs>
0: That's gonna be very good, Connor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's that's I'm
1: waiting on that idea. I'm kind of I'm like digitally building the set for it. That's that's amazing because it's 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 one of those sports, and that's why we were half joking at the start about about you impersonating Bernie at some stage, but it's that it's one of those sports where the the pundits because the TV coverage is so big, the the punditry and the analysis is is so important, like the likes of Will Buxton. And the other guy guys and, and, and on, on TV, you know, they're they're such important figures in the sport as well. massively. This this is one
2: thing I have a be in my bonnet this year, like, and I think it's just because I'm been over at F1 and stuff, and I'm like, the GEA needs a little bit more media. It needs more PR, it needs some like characters talking about it. Like, because this is the first year I kind of felt outside some good games, I was like, there was no real storylines. And I like to do like I I way, way prefer of all the games that I do. I love my GA stuff and I want to do plenty of it and stuff. And I found this year, like it was very hard to come up with it. Now, definitely my interest, obviously being involved in different games, you can't give it the attention that you've given it before. But like, I just think F1 like just has like the coverage of it is so good. Uh, on a Sunday, I just sit there and I will watch before it on Sky. I'll watch the race. You know, you press that. I'm like, I'm going to actually, I do actually do some stuff for Sky. So it sounds like I'm plugging Sky Iron at the time, but, <laughs> um, but it's, it's just so good. And it just, it's as a product, they make it even when the winner just walks away with it. And the, I don't know, the championship has been won months ago, not even weeks ago. It's still interesting, and I'll still watch every race, and I'll still like get excited about like all the way up to Abu Dhabi, like. And I just think it ju- it does such a good job between everybody, between F one, between Sky, they do such a great job of, make-
1: giving you the most entertaining product they can give you. That that must be something, Bernie, that you you guys have have very much in in the back of your heads, like across those say last ten races, like before the weekend just gone, where you know Max Verstappen is winning. It's a bit of a procession every week. But yet, you guys still have to make it interesting and 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 point out the you know the battles of the midfield or or the race for the podium or or even a, a you know a nice little overtaking battle further down the grid. You have to make it interesting somehow.
0: Yeah, well, I think to be honest, I think that was easier in my position than some of the other guys because yeah, some people out there are only interested in who's winning. But I've spent so long in that midfield battle, and there's so many good midfield battles that that really actually interests me to see who's doing where and. The fact that you can't predict who's going to be P2, 3, 4, maybe all the way, you know, like quite far down, you don't know where the order's going to end up. So I I actually find that bit reasonably okay. There's always been loads of stories to talk about, be it one guy are doing well or badly or whatever it might be. So there's always, because you've got these 20 individual teams, players all trying to have their own little individual battles, there's always something to pick up on or... and. Um, So there's always a lot, there's always more almost to report on than what you can report on in the time you have available. So it's just about picking the stuff that's most interesting. And the bit for me that's a challenge and what we're trying to work on going forward is how do you sell that midfield story well during the race? How do you keep everyone well enough informed of what's going on, all these little other battles that are happening? Because I think we have had a lot of TV in the past, particularly where it's just who won the race, and that was the only driver you're we watching for the entire 50, 60 laps, whatever it might be. So I think we are getting better at that. Um, and yeah, like there's there's loads of interesting stuff, and I think the thing we have now is that so many people are so keen to learn, and be that the new fans learning something, you know, right at the beginning, or the people who've been watching it for 30, 40, whatever number of years that are wanting to get more in-depth to the tyre models, whatever it might be. So... Yeah, there's loads out there. It's just how we package it and get it out there.
1: I've probably have spoken to you about this before, Bernie, but like th- that uh, I guess progression from race strategy and the engineering side of things into the media, was that was that something you always had in the back of your head or was that something that kind of came about <laughs> coincidentally?
0: No, it just sort of happened. So I didn't I stopped racing because I didn't want to do 23 races. I actually really loved what I did. I loved doing strategy, I loved the pressure beyond the pit wall. I love the influence that I had in the race. I suppose, being honest, you know, you had a big effect on what happened at the end of the Sunday, albeit just one team. But you were so involved in it all, and I, and I got on really well with the people I travelled with. I enjoyed the travelling, but at some point you have to realise you're not twenty, and actually you probably shouldn't do you know twenty five or whatever it is weeks away from home. You should maybe be a bit more settled than that. So I elected to just give it up, and it was really good actually. And then um, the the media stuff just happened off the back of that a bit randomly um, without loads of training which is a bit worrying but there you go but it, it brings a different element um, and it's about trying to improve the overall coverage that we get and sort of seeing how it goes like it might work out it might not work out let's see um, this year's been okay I think um, but let's see where it goes next
1: year Absolutely onwards and upwards it's, uh, it's flying for now for sure I'm going to take a very very short ad break guys we'll be back in just a second on the F1 pod and off the ball Bernie Collins and Conor with us. I'll be back in just a second. Hello, Shane Hannan here, the host of the F1 pod on Off The Ball, which is available every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get into the episode proper, however, I did want to take a quick moment to mention our sponsors of the F1 pod, Chicago Town Pizza. And sure, when you're watching the Grand Prix action across the weekend, why not enjoy it with a pepperoni Chicago Town stuffed crust pizza? It's takeaway taste at home. It's the F1 pod from Off The Ball, with thanks to Chicago Town Takeaway's unique fresh dough, Pizza, yeah, we go to town on it. The F1 pod on Off The Ball with Chicago Town Pizza. Formula One, yeah, we go to town on it. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 11 of the F1 pod and Off The Ball weekly on Wednesdays after race weekends between now and the end of the season live in the F1 pod podcast feed, the Off The Ball daily podcast feed as well. Wherever you get your podcast, myself, Shane Hannon, we've got Bernie Collins, the former head of race strategy for the Aston Martin Formula One team. And we have Connor Murr as well with us, aka Connor Sketches, Formula One expert, Connor Murr. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm <laughs> that right. again. Yeah, I almost got it. I almost forgot it again. Jesus. Got there eventually. And, um, Connor, you were talking about uh, about Monaco there earlier and like that's it's it's amazing how many people i talk to who even have a passing interest in in formula 1 and monaco is always on their sporting bucket list you know alongside things like the super bowl and whatever else is it does it live up to expectations or is it all just so hollywood that it's hard to enjoy it um
2: it all depends like um, i'm not i'm probably not a good person to ask that because i I'm probably not there as a spectator. Like, and when I'm there, then I'm always like, uh, like, I actually was brought over by Red Bull, like, and they were like, you don't have to do anything. So I did a gig with them in December, and they were like, you need to go to a race. Because when I was in Austin, like, my schedule was like, boom, you're here with Ferrari, you're here with Carlos, now you're with Mercedes the following day, you're whatever. Like, and it was just like that. And at the end of it, I was like, wasn't that amazing? But during it, like, I was stressed out to the max, like, and I lost my voice on the Saturday where I went to a party. And like, I would have had a few drinks, but not enough to lose. But but there was very loud music. And I remember on the Sunday, I was supposed to do the grid walk with Martin Bruntle. And I couldn't do it then because my voice was literally gone. (laughs) And it was just a crazy week. But I remember leaving going, wasn't that amazing? Like, that was just incredible. But in the middle of it, I, I'd, like, I would have been a bit stressed. And then in Monaco, it was like, just go and relax. And then I couldn't go and relax because I felt bad because Red Bull would have to give me these amazing like, tickets and stuff. And I was like, I better do something. So I was trying to, even when I went back to the hotel, I was like, oh, I got to do something. So like I, I contacted the guy, Red Bull. I was like, well, I can do a little bit of Christian if you want. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'd love that. Uh-huh. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but I definitely, I would say that I actually had more of a grow for Austin because it was for me, like going there, I am very interested in the race and I'm very interested in all that kind of stuff. And yeah, in Monaco, it was a bit more of like this incredible show. And it was still incredibly cool. Like um, we, like the whole weekend was amazing. Like we watched qualifying on a boat, you know, um, <laughs> and then we got a boat back. After the race, me, and my wife, and Jensen Button like got a boat back over to the Red Bull, and like it was just like surreal stuff. Like it really was amazing. But um, yeah, I'm sure it has to be a bucket list thing for anybody just to go there. And even like the city, like to get over there
1: to Monte Carlo, like it really is just something else. I think we have spoken about this in studio before, and in the off the ball studio one uh, it was an episode we did. of uh, you had to be there, and you're talking about like. It must be so strange when you're, you know, you're sitting on stage beside someone like, say, Roy Keane, having impersonated him, or, or and doing it in front of him, then, or Jose Mourinho, or Tiger Woods. Like, you know, when when it goes from you deciding to pick a person to impersonate, mastering that, and then I guess recording the video and releasing it to the public, to then get the chance to sit beside them or stand beside them and and do the impression must be, I don't know if amazing or nerve wracking is the right word. Uh, it's, it's a lot more amazing than nerve-wracking
2: because anytime you do it, you realize if it's set up that the person knows you're coming on and if they know you're coming on, they obviously like you. <laughs> um, do you know? So like, not like you, but like your impression. Like, let's say they obviously don't know you, but like, so I had heard that Kane enjoyed watching the videos or whatever, like, and I had obviously, I'd heard that Mourinho, like, would be on a Monday uh, when he was at Tottenham, would be like, did you see this video? Did you see it? Very good. Again, again. So... Um, <laughs> And even the Tiger thing was the same thing. I remember when I got asked to do that, it was like, does Tiger know about this? They were like, no, we're going to ask him later on today. So I remember kind of thinking, oh, it probably won't happen. And then that evening, they were like, Tiger stoked. And I was like, all right. So it did make it an awful lot easier for me meeting um, the guys. The re- And it's like when you meet Roy Keane, like there's a different nerves as well. Like, because I grew up like watching Roy Keane and like, as I was explaining to somebody, Roy Keane like is nearly above your top celebrities in Ireland. He's in between top celebrities and other sports stars mm. and revolutionary figures or something. He's just there underneath them or something. He's a cult hero. And meeting him was very nerve-wracking. The F1 lads, it uh, that, that can be a little bit because some like a lot of t- when I met all them, it was very random. Even mm. when I met Daniel that time and we got that little great piece of footage like he's like, yeah, say shit about me again and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> That was, it, it is, it's brilliant. And it's like, at the minute, would you believe, everybody kept saying to me after the Roy Keane thing, they were like, what are you going to do like now? Like, There's no one really you can do that you're going to get bigger than Roy Keane. Being Irish and everything else, they were like, you know. And I was like, you're absolutely spot on. I don't think there is anybody. And then I was like, unless it was like Ronaldo or Messi, but I've done Ronaldo quite a bit. Mm. So I, when I was over in Monaco, I, I was walking by certain like, um there was like little sort of pop-up stages and they were in like like somewhere in Italian. There was one I walked by, they were in French. And I was like, it'd be worth learning a European language. And I thought to myself, like, imagine I learned Spanish and then I did Messi because Messi doesn't talk English. And I did my impersonation of Messi, yo hablo español, talking Spanish. I was like, so at the minute, <laughs> I'm learning Spanish. Are you right? and then I was like imagine if I was at the Spanish Grand Prix or the Mexican Grand Prix or something and I was doing Carlos Sainz and I was doing it on TV like in Spanish like (laughs) so yeah that's my I've said it so that's I'm after putting it out there into the world uh, maybe one day I'll like get to do Messi uh, before he retires or something if I if I learn it quick enough I mean that's That's
0: Connor, I want to I want to see you do the FIA press conference as the interviewer I want (laughs) to see you do the interview questions for the FIA press conference to oh, whichever yes. drivers are in the
2: press hey, Do you know, actually, F1, um when I was with them in Austin last year, they actually had that kind of idea and I bottled it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, because there's a lot of serious journalists in there. And then you come in and at the time you see <laughs> if you don't know who you are. they would be like, who's this? Lad. I'd be more comfortable doing it now because they'd probably know, you know what I mean? <laughs> going in there. But uh yeah, I could definitely, that's actually a sketch. I could just... <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant!
0: You can have that for free. <laughs> yeah.
2: Cheers, cheers, cheers! I'll go easy on you then when I'm doing the old impersonation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you have a, if you have a Tony Gall girlfriend or wife, is a wife, Connor, at this stage? Yeah. Well, then, yep. you, if you're like Bernie, for mana, so it's not, it's not a million miles away, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's not, but it you probably hurt a lot of people there, and I say
1: that. No, of course there are. Definitely, like, I could see there was a little bit of disdain there. there are there are definite accent differences. There's there's like it's it's very subtle, possibly.
0: Oh, it's, it's not that far
1: away. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it is. You know, to me,
2: before I started doing impersonations, it's like when you go to America, you think everybody sounds the same. But then when you live over there a while you're like, oh, no, you start noticing differences. And I would notice like a Donegal accent and a Derry accent and a Fermanagh accent. And then obviously Calvin then is like, it's halfway between. Yeah, with the going day you knew yourself. But, uh,
0: I'm a bit old because I've spent... I guess about what 13 years in England now Mm. so I slowed down a lot from what I would have spoke when I'm at home and then to add to the mix my other half Scottish so I like occasionally (laughs) say like a Scottish word in the middle of everything
1: (laughs) just to confuse it (laughs) all
2: there's a good combination going on yeah I find the same thing happened to me in America Um, I it was the best thing ever about 10 years ago I went over to do J1 and I was working behind a bar and this guy was like uh, and I was like what can I get you He's like, "What?" I was like, "What can I get you?" He's like, so wh- "What? What the? F- did you just say?" I was like, "What can I get you?" He's like, "Slow it down, bro. Slow it down." <laughs> and then after a few weeks in the bar, I realized I was talking too
1: fast. So that definitely helped my speech. But <laughs> it's a quick lesson to learn. Uh, like yeah, sometimes it is just a matter of staying, saying the same thing but slowly. Uh like for you for you, Bernie, would you have a, would you have a favourite of Connors that he that he does in turn in F1 terms or otherwise?
0: Oh, that's a big question. I actually <laughs> really like I think the two I quite like the Ricciardo ones. And just because I love so one of the rules I did in my job was I listened to all the drivers after the race. I'd listen to all their radio comms and the one I always loved listening to was Kimmy, because it was by far the best radio comms you could get. So just because you've got and, you know, it was one of the and plus you would listen to everyone else. when you took all the gaps, out. everyone else's was like 15, 20 minutes. Kimmy's was like five minutes. So it was the easiest one to listen to as well, because there was literally no conversation there. So, uh, yeah, I quite like those two, I would say. That's
2: uh, I, I actually I started doing like little cartoons where I was doing like the rate because I thought like there's so much content there in the radio, uh in the cockpit when they're talking back. So I was doing like and I've never I actually just in my head there, I'm like, I should just do like some archive ones of Kimmy and just like draw it up. I did it like an animation so that because I because I can't put myself in a car obviously, yeah. because I bought enough of the gear and I was like, I'm not buying the helmets then and trying to green screen that crack. I actually <laughs> used one day helmets. So I was like, I'll just buy the helmets. And then I was like, so 3,000 for a helmet. I was like,
1: yeah. One of the teams will sort you out. Ask the Martin there, Bernie has a few contacts. We can, we can sort out a helmet maybe. I've said that now. I've not I'd, got a helmet either.
0: yet, so I'm not going to sort what I took
1: That That's a team now. That's a team for me that like I have
2: huge interest in. You know, just everything. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like succession or something. And who's, who's, who's the main guy there or whatever, like, you know, uh, with uh, Lawrence. That's like, I find that really interesting. I seen, my remember like when he walked, uh, I was sitting on the Energize station and Lawrence walked from, you know, as they walk out onto the, what do you call it? Like the the jetty, like get onto the boat or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So he walks across like, and in my head, I just had the succession music. And he was really pissed off, like they, like Alonzo nearly could have won that one or whatever. And La- like it just wasn't overall wasn't a good day for him, like because they they were they were close, and obviously Lance didn't do go great. So he's walking across, and I just had the, the succession music in my head, and I was like, I got to start doing some succession stuff there. Like, I was oh like, yeah,
0: very slowly walking, very slowly.
1: <laughs> Few people asked him for a photograph. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, Logan Roy or Lawrence Lawrence Stroll is Logan Roy. That works one hundred percent. You can I can see it straight away. Like it, it's one of those like, Bernie when you're when you're watching. You say at the weekend there, for example, like Lance Stroll can't even start, big shunt in qualifying, and then and then Fernando' the car's undrivable, uh, in the race. Like and, and a number of things go wrong. Like are you looking at, at at weekends like that at nights like that for Aston Martin and just thinking, Jesus, what's what is happening there?
0: Well, yeah, I think like, there's been a few races recently, like um that one. You just, oh, one of the things I thought before the race, this is going to sound very odd, but actually having one car in the race is at times more difficult than having two cars because you've got twice as many people all with their input to one car. So it actually becomes really difficult on the pit wall because there's too many cooks in the kitchen, everyone's giving an opinion. So I was just thinking to myself, I'm so glad I'm not in that position. But then You know the Monaco wet race again. Those decisions are really difficult, and it's just you don't want the like kickback afterwards. But yeah, just the weekend seemed really. I didn't realize properly until I started to go through on New Tuesday how bad I knew Alonso finished, but sort of how bad it all panned out. Rumor has it something maybe broke in the car early on in the race, some suspension bit that was part of what made it undrivable, but. God, like their weekend just went from bad to worse. Like hopefully it sounds like Lance is going to be good to get in the car this week. But the car seems to have not developed or not made the progress. But from where they were, if you look at their trajectory from clearly P2 when we rolled out race one to where they are now and McLaren's trajectory from where they rolled out to where they are now, they're like directly opposite. And the, the getting better and better through the season is easier for a team to deal with. Whereas the other one is like, people get used to the podiums then you get disappointed then you realize we don't even score points um it's pretty hard to take as a, a team pet wall, the guys in the garage so it's let's hope they can turn it around this weekend but yeah it was mm-hmm. difficult weekend for them
1: and you mentioned already Conor like George Russell and the the definite tears There were tears 100% there in the in the post race interview like and in, in like that last lap i mean uh, look, it's probably a bittersweet, well not really bittersweet, the all of egos, Lewis Hamilton will be delighted with his podium no matter what way he got it, but um, when you see something like that happen to George Russell, it's uh, it must be tough to take.
2: Yeah, it's, really, it's pretty difficult I know, to talk about right now, I guess.
1: <laughs> 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 Poor George.
2: Um, yeah, I felt bad for him, I love George, I thought uh, that's why I didn't take the mick out after the, the race, uh, but... um. Yeah, it was It was unfortunate, and he, like I suppose he might be feeling a bit under pressure, like because Lewis is kind of like that gap is stretching between him and Lewis, and obviously you've so, similar happening at Aston Martin, obviously where Lance is under pressure, and obviously for other reasons as well, like you know where the disparity between him and Fernando is huge, or, or, or so I think Fernando's got like something like eighty percent of the points this year, Lewis is like up around sixty percent of the Mercedes points, and it was just I I think with the way the Red Bull car is, you probably aren't going to get too many opportunities like that between now and the end of the year. And that was a massive chance uh, for George, like, to get a win. And he obviously got a great win last year. So I think, yeah, he came in, like, you could see it. Like, he's just, he's, he's very like that, though. Like, sometimes even when he wins, I think, is he about to start crying? Like, he, <laughs> he wears it all. Like, that's what, I as I was going back to that earlier, that's what's great about, like, you know, the microphone is just, as soon as he jumps out of the car, he's got to go talk, you know what I mean? And he, um, yeah, I hope he turns it around. I I hope he's not feeling under too much pressure. Like he obviously, he may be like just Lewis, Lewis is performing better definitely in the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's between them and Ferrari now for second place. I don't think Gaston Martin now, it's like just too much for them. They're kind of, in a sense are operating on one leg. I think like, obviously it's usually one car that's like scoring all the points like, and it's just, like McLaren might be looking at them now thinking like maybe we could like if we have a big finish and Oscar can start scoring like we could actually jump Aston Martin which would be a huge disappointment given the strides Aston Martin have made this year like you know like you just said earlier on Bernie it's like McLaren started off and they were a bit of a joke shop at the start they obviously got something wrong but they they knew what they got wrong and they got fixing it and it looks like Aston Martin got a lot of stuff right and I don't know whether they've got something wrong now or they've just I suppose if you're standing still in F1 you're going to be left behind or something and I don't know what's going on Mm.
0: I think um, like you say Connor, like McLaren sounds so confident so they were saying going into last weekend that the upgrade was bigger than the upgrade they brought earlier on in the year I don't think we fully see any upgrade when we go to Singapore because the circuit it is Oscar's going to have it this week so you're going to have two cars running the upgraded like a very aero performance track of Suzuka so it's going to be real interesting to see, and I think like the few people I spoke to in apparently in a hundred one percent their ambition is to turn it around and see, you know, overhaul Aston, keep going. They, they're not aiming at stopping there. So it'll be real interesting the end of the year, I think, for them.
1: The, the Ferrari thing as well, Bernie is, is just fascinating because a, a number of times on the podcast this year we've we've spoken about Ferrari from a from a strategy perspective in, as well, and you know they left a little bit to be desired certainly last season as well, even, um. I mean, it feels like they're back. Charlotte Claire won't be as happy as signs, obviously, with the weekend just gone, but that, uh, that Constructors race for second, as Conor mentioned, is only down to 24 points.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, particularly with Charlotte, they did an amazing weekend, the perfect strategy. Charlotte controlled a lot of it. There was a lot of confidence coming in the calls from wall as well. It was very clear cut. Um, being totally critical, I think the only thing they could have done better is I think there was an opportunity for Leclerc to get his car out in front of him, you know, in a better gap in that pit lane. So they held him for Hamilton coming in, but Hamilton was slowing down for the stack. So I think when I talked, there was a gap in in Formula One terms, it was three second gap there. So depending on the strength of the guy at the front releasing the car, you release him into that gap. Now it's obviously different pit lane at 60 kph. There's loads of reasons. a split second decision, decision, but McLaren were confident released in the gap. And they got their car out ahead of Leclerc. And I think there was a bit of an opportunity. So there could have been a 1-2 on the cards there. Being, that's me being super critical, right? But the weekend, aside from that, from the decisions that came from the pit wall, pretty flawless. Um, they're hopeful, at least in the press, that they can do keep it up into Japan. Let's see. But um, yeah, it's they're looking a lot more comfortable in the car than what they were. And a lot more of a unit we've often seen Ferrari like in real split drivers aren't agreeing with the pit wall the pit wall aren't agreeing with management whatever they look real together at the minute
1: mm.
2: yeah I was I was I was actually writing them off last week <laughs> uh, or in Italy uh, like when I said the last two laps or so I was like what are they doing I was like, this is, this is in Italy. Don't mess this up. And Charles was locking up. And I was thinking like, Fred is like, he's like a parent over two sons that are of the same age or there's a year between them. And Charles is the older fella and he won't let the younger fella do anything. It's like, no, you know, what I mean? <laughs> or something. and I was like, I just thought after last week, I was actually fearful for them in the sense that like they are getting it together. But they kind of both guys are looking at it like, no, I'm number one. And then they don't really say who's number one. It's like they've got two number one drivers or something. And that, like, I thought, like, what a risky. It just looked like they were fighting it out in the last lap. And I was like, Jesus, like, they don't really have much control. But then this week, um, what a huge difference, like, and when they work as a team, and I'm sure Charlotte's like, didn't really want to do like, he didn't want to be the supporting act like, but he did very well and he complimented Carlos so well. And it, this week is where you've seen him like everybody from the top down work as a team. And it was, yeah, like you said, it was like pretty flawless.
0: But well, I wonder if that's going to really add the pressure in quality night because he was forced to be, Leclerc was forced to be the number two driver, if you want to call it that, because of the qualifying. So actually you know, maybe they have a new procedure that whoever t- comes out of turn one first, that's the lead driver that weekend. So how long does that, you know, friendliness last, Um, let's say?
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's amazing. And it's, it's so funny when you're, we're talking about such young drivers here as well. And that was even what something I, I remember from one of your skits that just came to me as well. Connor, like even the, the Lando Norris dummy. And you sometimes forget how, how young these lads are, like George Russell, Lando Norris Liam Lawson picks up his first points on his third Grand Prix at the weekend for Al as well amazing achievement for him sometimes you forget I guess if you're if you're good enough you're old enough in any sport yeah it's, it's
2: weird even when I went over to Austin that time like somebody was like yeah, we're going to get you to dress up as the driver and then just surprise him as he comes out and in my head I was like I'm 34 years of age I was like this fella's like 22 or something I was like and I'm going to be standing there like I'm some sort of child like <laughs> It's like, I'm not doing that (laughs) But uh, It is, they're obviously though They're mature beyond their years in fairness to them Like to be able to do what they do Um, But yeah, uh, definitely If you're old enough, yeah, Liam Lawson I was kind of thinking like, what's the dynamic there if he performs Well, like, I don't know what the crack is With Daniel, like, is there any word on when he's back Or able to drive
0: I read something that said potentially Qatar So, missing.
2: but time, isn't it?
0: missing this one and the next one I'm missing this one back for the next one but I don't think it's clear you know he locked in peeing in the petalian so
2: mm. yeah like and, if, and Lawson like that was like an amazing drive at the weekend for him like you know and like yeah. obviously his qualifying was good his race was good Um, be interesting to see if he does well now again next week mm. like he puts himself in contention um, you know for I don't know is there many seats available next year is there at the moment Well, I mean, uh,
1: Sebastian Vettel's talking about wanting to come back as well, isn't he as well? Is he? Just better get working on him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I suppose they all want the seats. They can't can't seem to leave for too long, Bernie.
0: No, exactly. I think like off the tour, there's a lot of talk that um, Sonoda will be confirmed this weekend because we're in Japan, the Japanese driver. So that'll be interesting. But there's seats available there. There's a seat available at Williams. Um. so yeah it's a bit up there but I think like Connor says Lawson's done enough and for someone being so young and being given this opportunity it's like an interview you really want to pass and it's going to affect your whole life whether you pass this interview or not and when you meet him in the pit league, we spoke to him on the grid in board his first race and he was cool as anything like I couldn't believe how calm and controlled it seemed to be Um. so hopefully he does well he seems like a nice kid and a great opportunity
1: yeah for sure. Uh, but guys, before we let you go, we should we should mention briefly the Japanese Grand Prix this this upcoming weekend. Uh, weekend, Bernie, you're already in situ in, in Japan. I'm just looking at last year's results. So Max was the winner. It was Red Bull 1-2, in fact. Max won Perez 2, Charlotte Claire 3rd, uh, just ahead of Ocon in 4th and Hamilton in 5th. What, what sort of things can we look out for this track, Bernie? Like what, what do you expect, generally speaking, at Suzuka?
0: Um, well, it's a very different track to Singapore to start with that, so it's really high down for us. You've got the S's at the start of the, um, of the lap, which are really important. Only figure of eight, I guess, is important to say. Um, so it's always good fun. Um, But it's it's looking like a really dry and sunny weekend this weekend, which is unusual for Sunsika. We have had rain today. But um, the big thing with that is what you often see, which is expected again this weekend, is between the Friday, Saturday to Sunday, a big change in wind. So you go from a headwind through those S's to a tailwind through those S's, which really changes the balance of the car. Um, And it's whoever's on top of that, well, I think will do well this weekend. Multiple stop race is generally exciting. Um, So yeah, I'd I'd be surprised if Red Bull aren't back in it. And then it's going to be interesting, like we say, to see how the upgrades that others have brought, the McLaren and the Ferrari, where that PS order sells out, but very, very different to what we had last weekend in Singapore, apart
2: from eight. (laughs) Everything Bernie said.
1: <laughs> I like that monetary. Yeah, tree. Yeah, I was nodding and smiling there, going, Yeah, yeah, this sounds this sounds good. It sounds good This is what I love though About watching
2: like Before the race Like and all this Like I loved it Like I wouldn't even Think of things like that Only that it's said to me And it's explained And I don't know Yeah again Not to go back I don't want to sound like A bloody Sky Ambassador Here saying this But like I I, I love the way it, Like these things are explained Yeah and, and like I find Every race Even just like The race just gone by Learning like about What Carlos did With the DRS mm. um, I didn't even get When he said I did it on purpose You know I, I was like What's he talking about I was like you know, I thought it was like a joke, or something. and then you learn, and you're like, Oh, no, no, but uh, yeah, that's what makes it so interesting. And that, like, obviously, given last week what happened Red Bull and their car wasn't totally suited to that track, like, it looks like it should be suited to this one, so they'll probably just get back
1: right on track. Who knows? But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Max doesn't lose the plot, yeah, yeah, the usual, yeah, he's, he seems to have calmed down a little bit from the from uh, when you first did the skit, I think.
2: Uh, oh, when I, I actually, he did this, game he was actually Like it, it looked like he was fine. It's like <laughs> I was laughing. I was watching the TV. I seen him jump out of the car, and it was like it was. Like, he jumped out of the car, and you could see nearly uh, there was no eye contact made with him. All the Red Bull engineers were all like <laughs> this way, and he was just storming through the thing. And I was like, oh my god, he's so like. <laughs> Heat off or whatever, and so then I just got that idea for a sketch. I had a gig in Kerry, so I couldn't do it straight away. It would have been better if I just hopped on it right away, but I did it the next morning. And the amount of people that came in criticizing me then, going, "Max was totally chill about it. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> about?
1: This is this isn't even funny. He didn't do this at all." I was like, "Well, you know, it's not real." <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if there's one set of fans you don't want to piss off, it's the Super Max Super Max fans. I think for sure, uh, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you both, Connor. I think the next time we have you on, you're going to have to do. Uh, a, a Bernie Collins impersonation and B, <laughs> f- maybe five minutes or so in Spanish and we get the subtitles. Espanol,
2: all right. So when's the next one? So come on, around 2026? 2026, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're ready by then.
0: <laughs>
2: you're rights. <laughs> yeah. be, my Bernie will be ready a lot quicker than the Spanish will,
1: I can tell you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, guys, it's been absolutely brilliant. Bernie Collins and Conor Moore, thanks both for for hopping on on the show today. Thanks a million okay. for Great stuff. You. We'll be back with the F1 pod on Off The Ball very soon. Thanks so many for tuning in. The F1 pod on Off The Ball with Chicago Town Pizza. Formula One. Yeah, we go to town on it.